Good morning, Anne. Good morning, my dear. How are you? I'm I'm wonderful. I'm good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. Um, and uh, before we get going, um, just uh, want to let everyone know that um, the first portion of our show is uh, just sort of diving into our topic today, which is chaos. Um, and um, right and left uh, hemispheres of the brain. And then the second part, uh, we want to really hear from our listeners, get some uh, insights on where this is showing up and um, and all that, you know, really have it be um, interactive. So we need you to call in and, and play. But we'll talk for a little while first so you can get warmed up. <laughs> have your, have your coffee. Yes, exactly. Well, I have my yeah. coffee right here, and I'm certainly warmed up. It must be like 90 degrees outside here, outside my window. So. In, in Florida. Oh, well, so love. chaos, Anne. Yeah. This is a really interesting topic, I think, um, you know, generally. So so why are we talking about chaos? Um, why are we talking about chaos? It's uh, a place that I think we're all familiar with whether we have identified it or not but you know we we just thought it was a fun uh you know kind of exciting topic as the summer winds down and kind of the school year builds up and uh maybe vacations are coming to an end and people can kind of look into the space and see oh goodness i know you know i've been talking to parents and soccer has started and it's kind of like things are revving up again and that can be good because I know, mm-hmm. you know, like if you've got kids at home, some of them are, uh, it's great to get them kind of structured again. But it can yes. also be a time of year where we go into kind of back into overwhelm. Yeah, it's uh, it's sort of like all of a sudden the tempo really increases and it feels a little bit like this tidal wave coming at us. Yeah, yeah. So what do you know? Let me ask you this. What do you What do you know about chaos? What does chaos, you know, feel like or mean to you? Well, you know, chaos for me, <laughs> chaos for me um, has sort of two two phases. Sometimes it's sort of this little. Um, it's like you know when you uh, when you. Fa- I need to use metaphors here because it's oh, really. <laughs> I've got two pictures. The first yeah. picture is the bathtub that you fill up, and you can oh. see that it fills up bit by bit, and you're sort of thinking, oh, this is just right, and then it gets more and more, and you're thinking, oh, this feels like this is getting rather full, and then all of a sudden it comes to a point where it's almost overflowing, and you don't know anymore how to turn off the faucet. <laughs> In fact, maybe the faucets fell off and you can't find your wrench. I know, yeah, the faucet is broken. It's like, oh, God, I've got a plumbing issue. So that's 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 the slow, you know, the slow building up and and there it is. And then the second metaphor uh, that I have is this, this tour bus arriving in front of my the door all of a sudden and the doorbell rings and there are 30 people outside my townhouse all wanting to use the bathroom. <laughs> oh my goodness! And wanting a drink, and somebody wants a drink of water, and somebody else needs is going to faint because they're they're going to you know their blood sugar is low. And you know I've had parties like that where people come all at once, and I want to be a good host, and and I'm oh, yes. trying to get you know somebody needs to talk with me because they're so, so happy to see me, and that's wonderful. And somebody else needs a drink, and even though you're really happy to be having this party. 
um, you can't take care of everything. And I think sometimes in my in my brain, that's what you know. There can be so much stimulation, even if it's good, that I feel like I'm juggling a bunch of plates and some of them are falling to the ground. You know, that is such a great example because even as you're talking about it, I can feel my anxiety levels <laughs> rising. Um, you know, that sometimes... That sometimes happens to me when we when we lead a workshop. I like yeah. them to sort of trickle in. I don't like them all to arrive at once. And we're still writing on flip charts and people are saying, where are the name tags? And, you know, they all want to catch up and I want to stay sort of grounded. And it's almost like, yeah. well, could you please yeah. come just one by one? It feels too much all at once. Yes. So that's an interesting thing because it's not, you know, one of the things I'm aware of is it's not everything that's bad that leads us into this into this mm-hmm. state of um, of overwhelm. I mean, I think chaos feels like this place of I can't keep all the balls up in the air. I can't, in fact, um, if it gets there's a sort of a stage one for me in chaos where I'm aware that there's balls in the air, like the plate spinners. You ever see the plate spinners mm-hmm. up yeah, in the yeah. air? Mm-hmm. I, I yep. know if that's an old, you know, if, if 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 people even do that anymore. But I just love it. I mean, they get gets one plate going and another plate going, and then he's over here and over there. And the brilliant ones, you know, they're like got ten or twelve plates before they start falling off and crashing. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of stage one for me, where I'm spinning the plates and maybe one falls and I pick it back up. And then there's the next stage where, and this is really, I think, when I'm in a state of distress, and I can tell a story about that. The one is just like I've got a lot on my plate, and so keeping it going. The other is when either um, the tour bus arrives all at once or there's some things that are distressing to me, difficult. Mm-hmm. And I go into this place where I feel like I'm lost in the fog. And I, You know that we're the, gonna, I, Yeah, go ahead. Yep. Just as you were sharing that, I, I, I was thinking uh, along the same lines. It's, it's like there is actually, for me, a state of chaos when I look at it all and I go into into hopelessness where I'm all, almost don't care anymore. It just has yeah. become bigger than anything that I believe I can handle. Right. I don't. I don't. I may not. And I'm, we're gonna. I'm gonna. We'll talk a little bit about a couple of distinctions in the brain that are really useful around this in a minute. But I want to just. I mean, I've got a. I've got a good story about that, where the where it's. Um, I'm. I'm lost in hopelessness, as you say. I don't even necessarily know how I feel. I'm just mm. lost, and and this is when people are saying to you, you know, say what's wrong. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. Pull it in. I can't pull it into into focus. So my mm-hmm. story about that was back in June when I um, fell down the stairs and broke my wrist. And um, that wasn't the, that was chaos in and of itself. But other people were managing <laughs> managing that. <even. laughs> they were managing the chaos around they you. Were, they were they were good at that. They were professional chaos managers that had uniforms <laughs> on. And <laughs> thank goodness, because in that moment, you know, there are times in our life where we need somebody who that's their job. But when I um, came out of it and I was recovering and I was I stayed in North Carolina for the next few weeks, as you know. Um, I, you know, then I was in this place of I had, first of all, I was healing. So there was something going on with just my body that was, my body was in stress, which was contributing. Then I was needing to figure out how with a broken wrist and doctor's appointments and not being home, how I was dealing with all my work. 
yes. and the the book that I was supposed to be spending the summer writing when I couldn't type. And then um, I had a really high deductible on my health insurance. And yes. so I had just gotten my money. I had just gotten my money out of chaos by working with a financial advisor, had this great plan, and then this high deductible. And it's like, oh, my God, one more thing. And I couldn't get anything into focus long enough to actually move it forward and deal with it. And the bigger and the, the longer that went on, the bigger the elephants became. Yeah. Yep, it's a sort of like a almost like a self a self-propelling energy that makes things bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. Yeah. So now, uh, from well. uh, from ex- from exploring this uh with you, um I know that um, and and you know, maybe I should also sort of take one step back and tell our listeners what exactly where we exactly were going um you know we're looking at chaos and what goes on in the brain which is uh, you know about the right and the left hemispheres so we know that chaos lives in it, it, i wouldn't say lives but is being created in one hemisphere so therefore there must be an opposite to chaos yeah so what definitely. is What's the other calibration on the other side of the brain, and what does that look like? Well, yeah, I love that you. I love the way you're framing this. So let's talk a little. We'll talk a little bit about the right and left brain. Um, the sort of the over calibration of either hemisphere is problematic to us as human beings, and so the over calibration of the right hemisphere, which is looking at things um, holistically and not individually. It's taking a big-picture focus. Um, it's taking mm-hmm. in all of the information in the world. And when that over-calibrates, it takes us to chaos. Mm-hmm. Now, the left hemisphere has a really good ability to do one-point focus, to look at things linearly, to look at the parts and not the whole. Mm-hmm. And when that over-calibrates, that takes us to rigidity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so, of course... That is a that's a you know and and as you say over calibration on either side you know presents us with uh, with 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 problems. Yeah. Now, um You know, I I I think that actually you know in in my life and when overwhelm happens or the tour bus with thirty tourists uh, you know appear in my <laughs> proverbial front door, I think I first go quickly to chaos, but I also can go to rigidity. Where it's like, okay, I'm going to close the door now, and only one person is allowed in. <laughs> Or and then the next one, I don't care how quickly and urgently you have to go to the washroom. You are not coming in. <laughs> right. Or sometimes in that we go to such rigidity that we say, no more tour buses ever. Forget it. Yes. No more. Yes, it's the it's the it's the never you know it's I'm never doing this again. I, that that is that sort of my experience of when I go to rigidity. It's like okay, we're either doing it this way or we're not doing it at all. I lose all flexibility. Yes, and that's again that other and I, that other side. And I think that this is what we do is we bounce like ping pong ball when we're not well integrated. Um, we bounce like ping pong balls from one side to the other. You know, the overwhelming mm-hmm. chaos can send us to 
or what feels like chaos can send us to rigidity and clamping down and when things feel out of control, okay, let's, you know, I, I love the example in organizations where um, there's a little bit of chaos like around Internet use and maybe mm-hmm. you have one one or two people who have pushed the boundaries too far and are doing things inappropriately. That's a little chaos. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. the organization says, therefore, none of you um, can do anything. We had mm-hmm. someone in a workshop who shared, I love this example, she shared the example of that there are, you have to send to the IT department for approval to go on certain websites. And then by by the time you have that approval, you know, I would imagine that's probably a moot point. It's probably not needed anymore. She said, you know, I go home and look it up on my, you know, I just go home and look it up. And so, you know, you have this rigidity because of the ping pong ball is bounced to the other side. And then what you lose is the, um, you know, in this case, you, people can't do their jobs because you've gone to rigidity. So what, you know, Dan Siegel it, one of our neuroscience and, and just general human being heroes says is life, you know, what we're looking for is the flow between these banks, not to get mm. beached up. You know, if life is a river, it's flowing between the banks of chaos and rigidity, not bouncing back and forth. forth that's a reactive life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I can really see that because uh, uh, it is not – better or more right to be right-brained or better and more Mm -hmm. right to be in the left brain. The wonderful thing is the balance, the integration, the usefulness of both sides of our hemispheres and how we use them in an integrated and intentional way. Yeah, well well said. And and I think that either hemisphere, I mean a couple of things about that. Both hemispheres, you know, they come in for some bad publicity depending on your perspective <laughs> on life. You know, and I've oh. funny story about this, but you know, so the if you're really creative and you know, sort of in the, you know, a lot of a lot of coaches and like that, the that's like, oh, that 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 stupid left hemisphere, you know, or that too smart left hemisphere, you know, it's so rigid and we need, you know, we need to live in our right hemispheres. If you're very business-like and analytical, it's like, oh, why are we bothering with that, that left, that right hemisphere that just wants to talk about feelings and paint pictures. Um, right. And what, you know, what we know, uh, you, is, Ursula, as you know, I'm always even a, I love to talk about the hemispheres, but I, you know, am, am aware that uh, it's a little risky because the minute you start talking about the different hemispheres, anyone who's up to date on neuroscience will say, hold on a minute, um, you know, we need both. The current research basically says nothing is just in one hemisphere or the other. Yes. Both hemispheres are firing. Both hemispheres are involved in language. Both hemispheres are involved in math. Both hemispheres are involved in music. It's not just one or the other. But what we've learned is it's the way that they look at things. And chaos and rigidity is really helpful, I think, there in understanding that. Well, and I I find certainly in uh, teaching this with you in workshops and using it in my coaching practice and with leaders, it actually helps. I think every uh, subject it's helpful to pull it apart for understanding and mm-hmm. for distinction. Um, it's, it's again, you know, if you, if you don't know how the left and the right hemispheres see the world, 
it's it's very hard to know where to uh, how to how to look at people. You know, when you have someone in chaos, what does this look like, and how can we help them? If they're in rigidity, what does that look like, and how can we help them? And you're right. I mean, obviously, you know, as human beings, we are way more complex. But for the uh, for the process of teaching and really helping people understand it, I think it's v- it has been very helpful to me to have it pulled but, apart. And I, I love that you use that word, and, and this is why I'm you know why I'm not a scientist is that like you, what I'm really interested in is I'm interested in what's accurate, but I'm interested in what's useful. Yes, and. Sometimes thinking about some of these things sort of metaphorically because it's really useful in human development is helpful. So, you know, one of the things that that I've seen, once I started reading about the right and left hemispheres and chaos and rigidity, it was like a light switch went on in my brain. I don't know what side it was on. (laughs) Maybe both sides. (laughs) Um, It depends whether it was a pretty light bulb or not. Oh, it was was a very (laughs) colorful, swirly, paisley-colored light bulb that went out of my face. And a very practical (sighs) one. Um, But what I started um, being aware of as I listened to clients is I started being aware when when they were in a stuck place, sometimes I could hear that it was almost like metaphorically again, one side of the brain was in charge and talking. Mm-hmm. And so when I had a client who was saying, you know, I'm overwhelmed, I, you know, I, I would say to them, you know, what's the issue? Oh, it's everything, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't you have an example of this with a client? Yes, and actually, just just this morning, um, yeah. you know, and it it's, it it's, it wasn't the client, but it was a um, an employee of the client, yes. and you yep. know, she was saying, "I want to help her," and so you know, I, I she said to her employee, "Well, you know." you know tell me you know tell me about tell me about it and and the the employer say well i'm overwhelmed i need support and and so she would say well what support do you need and she said well i don't know i'm just overwhelmed and nobody's helping me and and it's just all too much and i can't do it and and so even the question well tell me what do you need it couldn't be answered because at that moment in time, as you say, there was one hemisphere was in charge or is in charge, and she couldn't look beyond what was right. even what was needed. She couldn't ask for what she needed. She so it was it was fascinating. Yep. Yeah, it's that you know I I think of that you know the word that I use for myself is I'm lost in the swirl. Mm-hmm. Yes. Lost in this swirl of energy, and it's like being in a whirlpool, and I can't see anything to hang on to. And this is what I need. I remember. I have to tell the story of when I, um, when I uh, was 27, and I uh, uh, was married, and I was. It was a relationship. It was a God. It was a young. It was one of those starter marriages. No kids. <laughs> Yeah, and my uh, my ex husband was very was pretty emotionally abusive, pretty insensitive, and and you know un, unaware and therefore emotionally abusive. And I really needed to leave. And I had I had come to this point in therapy where I knew that I needed to leave. And I 
I was in, I remember being in this swirl that every time I sort of got up to the surface of the water thinking I needed to leave, all of these things would push me down again. Like, And a lot of it was around money. I didn't yes. know how I could make it on my own. I didn't know where I was going to live. I just, like, I didn't know practically how to do it. And so it was yes. like those logs in the whirlpool would just push me back down and I would I would stay, but I was half alive. So mm-hmm. what I remember at the time, yeah, I didn't know anything about anything, brain science or whatever. I didn't have a coach, but I had a good friend. And I remember um, being with her complaining once again, oh, my God, what am I going to do? And she, I think she got a little frustrated with me. And she looked at me and she pulled out a notebook and she said, all right, how much money? This is, it was just, it was, so, it was like we were 25, 26 years, 26 years old, you know. What did we know? Right. She right. pulled out her note. She pulls out her notebook and she says, all right, how much money do you make? Great. Uh, what would what do you imagine rent might cost? Here's what I know. All right, great. How much is phone? Great. Wrote it down. Um, what else do you have? Do you have a car payment? Great. What debts do you have? How much money will you get out of the marriage? I mean, she wrote everything down. And she said, look, here's here it is. You can afford to rent an apartment. And I mm-hmm. looked at it, and all of a sudden it was like the mists cleared, the whirlpool slowed down. I said, holy mackerel, it's possible. Mm-hmm. And I went home and told my, you know, ex now ex husband, I'm I'm leaving. Wow. I needed, I needed clarity. I really needed the left brain. And what was interesting is that, um, I call it borrowing a brain. I actually mm-hmm. need to borrow a brain. Yes. I was yes too because lost. your own brain couldn't do it. You needed my someone else to it. help you. Yep. And I think that as coaches. Sometimes this is what we do for our clients when they're lost in this swirl of chaos is we lend them our brain, which isn't, is empathetic with them, but isn't lost there because it's not our yes. lives. Mm-hmm. And we help them calm down and, and kind of activate some practical, logical thinking. And that can right. stop the swirl. Right. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I mean, I certainly have examples of, you know, of my own and clients, uh, certainly where that borrowing the brain has been, you know, extremely, extremely helpful. So, um, do you want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, what's just right, what's too much, what's yeah. too little? A little yeah, bit so about talk- prefrontal cortex? Yeah, let's, let's do it, because I think your bathtub analogy is just brilliant for that and we're going to you know use that from now on so the other thing that's happening so you know let go of the hemisphere distinction for a minute the other thing that's happening with with chaos and overwhelm is um, it has to do with how our prefrontal cortex works and our prefrontal cortex is the uh, most developed highest brain and kind of the the short version is that when it is at its best it's the part of our brain that does um, long-term thinking, cost-benefit analysis, keeps us emotionally stable, um, ability to have empathy. What else, Ursula, goes on up there? Oh, good decision-making, clarity. Uh, yep. yep. It's, it's like really it's, it's like what what I would call it's the maturity of the brain. Actually, as a side note, there was an interesting article this morning in the Wall Street Journal, and they they are citing some studies that actually now say that the 
prefrontal cortex actually doesn't completely develop until people's early 30s. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Well, cause yeah, this is, heard, I, I know. I, I mean, I, it, and I read that, and it's like, wow. And they, they were saying, you know, young people having to start to decide, you know, college, marriage, children, house buying. I mean, can, all these huge decisions we make in our late 20s, sort of be, oh, or, right. or in our 20s, quite honestly. Right. And then they feel like they need to decide for the rest of their lives, and this is so important. Yep. You know, we should really be telling them, don't, you know, just do whatever you, don't worry, you're not going to know what you want till much later. It's okay. Or you may not. I know. Maybe or you at least, maybe you, know, you don't. Yeah, or, or at least don't be attached to it because you know it will change as you mature more and more. So anyway, that's, I just wanted to share that because uh, when I read that article, it was like, oh, that's wow, that's, uh, that's later than even you and I, you know, had read about. Right, we had been hearing that it was more um, in the mid twenties, and it's different for males than fe- it tends to be a little different for males than females. With males, it tends to be a little later, and a right. big piece of it is the ability to delay gratification. That comes with the maturing of the prefrontal cortex, and make you know that's linked to this ability to make um, really good decisions rather than um, impulsive decisions in the moment. And that's <laughs> and of course, in some people that that never <laughs> that never happens. Are you are you pointing your finger at me? <laughs> no, I'm not. Oh gosh, no, 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 no. no, no, no. I'm just pointing at you know, certainly like like sometimes husbands. <laughs> ah, husbands. Yes, yes. Well, anyway, so fascinating. Really interesting. Well, when the prefrontal cortex is not either fully developed or fully mature, or the chemicals aren't balanced well, it um, it when it's offline versus online and you know when it's on, you know when you just feel sharp and clear and like focused you know that's like your prefrontal cortex as well is like is balanced and online you kind of know mm-hmm. like when i broke mm-hmm. my wrist and and i was well you know i was taking opiates for a while um taking you know heavy duty painkillers for a little while and then just as everything worked its way out of the system. I remember you um, asked me to review like an ICF credentialing thing, and I never do this, but I sent it back to you and I said, um, I can't, I just can't. <laughs> I cannot. Yeah, I can't. Oh, no, I can't. <laughs> I can't make sense of this. Mm-hmm. It, I, was, I really was aware I didn't have the ability, and I think because I know about the brain, I didn't give myself any um, a hard time about that. Uh, because I knew it was going to be temporary, but it had to do with the, the chemicals in my body from the trauma. I couldn't, I yeah. couldn't think clearly, and yeah. that's what happens when our chemicals are not in balance. We 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 have uh, poor decision making, um, lack of empathy, mm-hmm. lack of impulse control. Everything is mm-hmm. foggy, and we don't have the ability to create new memories or, to, or not to to effectively do memory creation and re- retrieval. Mhm. Yeah, that and makes complete other, sense. You know how when people say I oh, just, you know, oh I'm so stressed out and I can't remember anything. Yeah. 
Yep. Well, or I can't focus. I don't know where to start, yeah. which is this foggy, this foggy thinking. And uh, uh, I, you know, remembering from you know teaching that uh, just last week in our workshop, it is the same for both chaos and rigidity. It's the same, um, the same symptoms, so to speak. Well, here's the here's the. I want to maybe just even step out of that analogy for a minute and go back to your bathtub, because. Oh, yeah. What, what go happens, back to my bathtub. Go back to the bathtub, because the the prefrontal cortex is funny. It's they call it. In fact, we've just taken to calling it Goldilocks, because it really works best when its chemicals are just right. And so, if you have too little stimulation, mm-hmm. you have the same foggy thinking, poor memory, poor impulse mm-hmm. control, and poor decision making. So you imagine you're going to take a bath. And the bath isn't full enough. You yeah, or the water, water is too cold. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's not right. And then if you have too much stimulation, you mm-hmm. go to the same place. So it's too, we, some, we, said, we like stimulation because stress yes. has such negative connotations. But stress is the word they use in the literature. Basically, mm-hmm. it's you have too little going on. You may mm-hmm. not be as clear. You, you probably can't think as clearly. Or you Mm -hmm. have too much going on and you don't think as clearly. It takes you to the same place. It's like an inverted U or an upside-down horseshoe, and the points points touch the same place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I find that fascinating. I mean, I really do. uh, um, It's still one of my all-time favorite uh, visuals uh, because, you know, just looking at it and knowing what happens on either side of the spectrum, um, you know, has has really been helpful for me. I mean, just one example, again, being, um, you know, our calendar calendar changes and, you Mm. know, date changes and location shifting. I mean, I said to you yesterday, okay, I... The, my 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 Goldilocks is just has gotten. There's too much of all that swirling. I need to go and take a piece of paper and map it out. Then yeah. I can see the big picture. Then I know. Okay, here are the particles that need to be taken care of. Um, and just looking at you know, just looking at the email was that really sent me into. Oh my God, I can't make a decision. I don't know even where to start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so that, you know, then again, you are using a right a left brain strategy to say um and so let me talk a little bit about some of the strategies for this because one yes, of them great. is to say when I'm in when I'm um overwhelmed, what can I grab onto that will help bring things into clarity? So mm-hmm. you said, "Okay, I'm going to write it and this works for me too." Um, sometimes if I write it down myself, even if I'm looking at somebody else, what they've written, that will kind of lock it into my brain. Mm -hmm. That will help the left brain get focused in, and that's what the left brain does really well is focus in on things. Mm -hmm. The one tree in the forest, not the whole forest. And we Mm -hmm. need that because if you can't see the one tree, I'm looking at a tree out my window right now that needs pruning. And so I'm looking at the tree and I'm looking at the branches and I can do something with the tree because I can focus on it. If I'm stepping back to this bigger view where I'm appreciating the whole forest, that's really important too, but I can't maybe do the things that need to be done unless I shift and focus in. Yes, yep. So so So, that's um, kind of what you're looking at. 
Right, and it's it, you know, and you know, I have clients who say, you know, oh, I'm a list maker, and that's another one of those uh, wonderful structures is to Absolutely. you know to get organized and make your to do list and post it somewhere or use sticky notes. Those are all great structures to hone in and focus. Um, and you know, put the puzzle pieces in in an order so it doesn't get overwhelming. Absolutely, I would be lost. I cannot. I don't know how people manage when they try to keep their to do lists in their head. I've got to get it out of my head because if it goes in my head, and I have more than about four items on it, I will go to this throwing up my hands. It's all too much place. But when I write yep. it down and I look at it, I can see that it's not as big as my brain is trying to make it. <laughs> right. You know, it's, like, it's, like, it's like Chicken Little. The sky is falling and we're all going to die. That's kind of like on, on the far side of our sweet right brain, that's kind of how it thinks. It's like everything is awful. And you have to sort of coax it back with the more rational left brain to say, no, it's not all awful. There's a couple of things we need to do. Yeah, yep. Yeah, no, that's 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 very true. Um, so that's what chaos needs. What does rigidity need? Well, I think what rigidity needs. I mean, they they sort of they balance each other. In that, when I've got a client who's you know really more overly focused on the left hemisphere, and often one of the things that's really interesting, and the research seems pretty good on this. Um, if you know of something different, please, as always, email us. We love to be told that we're wrong because that expands our um, understanding of things. Um, but as I understand it, most emotions you're going to find activated on the right hemisphere, but anger is left hemisphere. Mm. So when I'm working with a client who's, you know, they're irritated, and you can kind of hear some of this, you know, it's sort of like, it's not fair and this isn't working and, you know, this kind of this edge of irritation, often mm-hmm. what they need is to expand out and see the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. They need to stop obsessing about the one thing and look at the bigger context. Mm-hmm. Look at meaning. Anything that you can do with a client that helps them understand deeper meaning, their values, things like that, will co- help balance out that that. Um, you know, like okay, my you know this employee broke the rule. Therefore, all employees are going to have to now, you know, nobody can use Facebook or whatever it is. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Let's look at let's really look at what you're really wanting here. Mm-hmm. What's the experience yep. you're wanting? And is limiting Facebook the best way to get it, or is there something else? You want to get them expanded out a little bit, so that they're not just looking at the one tree and deciding the whole forest is stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that uh, that that makes uh, that makes sense. I I can I can really see that even you know, particularly in my own life. Um, oh, you know, it, tell the story about your driving test because I think that that can you will you tell the story about taking the driving test in Vancouver? I think that's such a great example. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, we we uh, had moved from England, you know, where people drive on the wrong side of the road um, and I'd driven on the wrong side of the road for 10 years and uh, lived in Germany on the driving on the other side of the road um, you know we moved to Vancouver where it's back to you know the regular way of, of driving and uh, because I had an English uh, driving license at the time and you immigrate and you live there you have to take your driving test again and not just you know the the the, the written version but you have to get behind the wheel of a car oh, and Drive oh, and dear. you know do your test. 
Yeah. And then, you know, I've been driving, you know, for, I don't know, good uh, more than 10 years for sure, probably more like 15, and really consider myself a really good driver. So anyway, I'm, you know, signing up for this driving test, and I get in the car, and everything goes well, and we drive back into the parking lot of the school, and the instructor says, well, today you have failed. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. And I, my my jaw dropped open, and I looked at him, and he said, "Do you know why?" And I said, "No, I have no clue." You know, clearly I didn't run over anybody. <laughs> so he said, "Well, you remember, like at this uh, intersection, there was a four-way stop, and you did not come to a full stop." Oh dear. So anyway, cut a long story short, I came home and, uh, you know, I called my husband who had taken his driving test the week before and passed. And I think that just was oil and the fire of my consternation and frustration <laughs> yes. because I, I'm somewhat competitive, <laughs> to put it mildly. Um, and so I called him and I said, well, this is so stupid. And, you know, like, like why, you know, why would anybody need to do this, you know, do it with adults who've been driving etc etc and I went ranting and raving I said well this is it and I'm just not going to drive anymore in this country <laughs> I love that I don't, don't you just love that but I here's what I, I just want to stop you for a second because I know there's more to the story but what I love about that is that that's what we do yep and if we and it's and you you hear kids say that a lot well I'm yep. just never gonna then I'll just never leave my room you know or I'll never uh, make a phone call again. You know, you say it's kind of like yep. where we get driven to this rigidity. So, so obviously you drive. What did your husband say? Well, he was smart enough <laughs> not to say I told you so because yeah. he had advised me beforehand. You know, to take one lesson and just uh, you know get into the swing of the Canadian system, and I had refused, saying that that was stupid and I didn't need it. Um, and so he just listened, and he just said, oh, darling, you know, what would you do without a car? And, you yeah. know, that's just, and he showed me the big picture. You know, he really yeah, exactly. he said, darling, I mean, you love driving, and, you know, how are you, you know, where you will you get your groceries? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so, you know, I, I love that. It's kind of, oh, Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, no, I'm good, I'm good, thank you. Well, what I love about that is it's a, it's a you know, it's kind of a, of course, she's, you know, you all know that's just a reaction. Of course, she's going to get her driving driving license. But it's a great example of what is needed in that situation. Yes. So yes, I was clearly, clearly upset and frustrated and, and ashamed. I was ashamed of myself, you know, for, for, for multiple reasons. And, uh, and, you know, I mean, you know, logic would definitely not have helped in that situation. It probably would have, you know, pushed me over the edge. So looking looking to your values and looking to meaning and looking to the bigger context. And so you can use that as a way of understanding when there are things that are really serious at stake and people are very rigid, um, that that's the place to look, that that's what will be the antidote kind of help yeah. integrate what we what you said earlier I want to underline which is that it's not about which hemisphere is better one of my friends came to me he was really overwhelmed he was just so many so much paperwork and things to fill out and proposals and he was just completely overwhelmed poor guy and he said can you just tell me how to live in my right brain all the time <laughs> <laughs> and i just looked at him poor sweetie and i said oh honey you don't want to do that you know, you don't want to walk around just sort of seeing this 
this you know forest and not being able to see any of the trees what we need is to be really well integrated and have lots of lots of ability to flow back and forth and use the gifts of each side as they're needed yes yep that's wonderful. So um, what would you think if we hear from some of our callers? Yes. Yeah, do, I was just about to ask if we, if we have any callers. How exciting. Yeah, let's, uh, let's yes, have we do. jump in. Yes, so I am going to uh, put uh, people on live. Okay. Hello. Who do we have? Who do we have here? Well... Maybe well, uh, we we're have. Fairly I new have to this, we're, we're new to this technology. Uh, well, I have. The person is on on live. Maybe um, they have muted their phone. That could be. So if you are on mute, unmute yourself. You or should it be. be. It could be people are on live but don't really have anything to say, which is fine too. Yes, that's. Uh, well, do we have a question? Maybe we should do do that. It's uh, it's like yeah. maybe um, let's ask um, how do you, where do you see this? What we've just talked about. Where do you see that in your own life? And I know you know talking on a radio show, even if it's only block talk <laughs> radio, is a little scary. <laughs> how do you, do you just start talking? Yeah. yeah hey, hey, hello. We have oh, okay. oh, hello. Hi. Who's this? <laughs> Haven't done this before. This is Deb. Hi, oh, hello, Deb. Oh, that's good. It's good to hear you. Uh, hear your voice. So, yep, you just your life, and uh, and so we're curious. Like, what do you see in your own life as it relates to this uh, chaos versus rigidity subject? Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about the chemicals that are involved. You were talking about okay. that a little bit. Good, good. People have medical reasons that the chemicals aren't one way or the other. You know, Anne talked about her accident and the meds that she was on and things. But I think also sometimes people just, the chemicals aren't balanced. And it was really interesting to hear techniques that you can use to overcome that and yeah. such, but um, what chemicals are flooding which way or the other? Yeah, in the prefrontal cortex, what the pre- that's a great question, um, and uh, the prefrontal cortex is running on a chemical called norepinephrine, which is basically adrenaline in the brain, and that's the chemical that we need just the right amount of, not too little or too much, and I think... In, uh, in and I'm not an ex I'm, I'm not an expert and I need to do some more research because the topic of like ADD and ADHD is coming up more and more. Um, not you know it it sort of was sort of this like oh that's just something that happens in kids and now more and more adults are realizing that that may be going on with them. And so I think what you're looking at is a deficiency of of the chemical which is what's keeping the focus from happening with ADD. And Ritalin and things like that, I believe, um, add, you know, they're stimulants. So they actually stimulate the prefrontal cortex and make you more able to focus. I think that's that's my understanding of what's happening. And if somebody's on the line, or Deb, if you know more, um, please weave in, because um, ADD is not like my area of expertise at all. So if anybody knows more mm-hmm. about that. I've done a little bit of research on it, and one of the things I remember reading is that it's actually a deficiency of dopamine. 
Mm. But I there's something about dopamine converting to other things or something. It's it's been a while since I looked at that, but um, that yep that well. absolutely. And I don't what I don't know is how the dopamine is interna- interacting with the norepinephrine. We are such an interesting chemical cocktail of various stuff going on. Um, mhm. Mm-hmm. Well, what's interesting th- is the tool toolbox of you know either working with things chemically, but then also using the tools uh, that you just listed out for strategies and things to, you know, kind of overcome that chemical imbalance. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that, uh, again, uh, when Anne says, you know, is is flowing along the, you know, along the river of that balance and not get stranded on either the right bank or the left bank, um, that's a really, really great picture for me because we do, you know, I mean, I know I I tend to, you know, dip my toe, you know, into the either chaos or rigidity, and then, and then knowing what will keep this, you know, this river flowing. Um, in a way, I think is is helpful, and the tools of you know bigger picture values on one end, and you know good good solid structures on the other. You know, I have found I have found very helpful to you know to to navigate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the other thing I want to say, and I know that there's some studies out about this as well that. Um, if there's one silver bullet for the brain, like one thing that that just works, like for, I don't, I mean, I don't think they found the thing yet that it doesn't work for in terms of brain health, but they, I'm sure they will. But at any rate, me, pretty amazing is meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, what they found with with long-term meditators, and they've done some work in Wisconsin with the Dalai Lama and, and some of his monks and other people have been meditating for years. They've done some longitudinal studies and they found a number of things. One of them is that there's some the thickness of the corpus callosum is greater. And so if you have the right hemisphere and the left hemisphere, you have this these bridges in between that are called the corpus callosum. And that's the the place we go back and forth, the where where we get integrated. So what that says is physiologically the more that you can be present and the more that you can, um, any form of meditation, the more you ha- you can integrate your two hemispheres is what that mm-hmm. really seems to point to. Um, mm-hmm. and, they've, and there's been some studies where it's been really, really beneficial in getting people off um, ADD medication. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's uh, that's pretty that's amazing. Um, I also want to come back to um, your comment earlier, and when you said you know borrowing someone else's brain, I think mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know when we when we when we are in touch with how we feel, when we when we're mindful, when we're intentional about what our what it feels like to be balanced and we know when we're not there is to borrow someone's brain. This be, you know, a good loving friend, a mentor or a coach saying it, it I'm noticing I am here and I don't know how to get out of it. Yeah, yep. And that's exactly what I did when I was in my overwhelm with my wrist is I, you know, I worked with my sweetheart who's also luckily a coach to help me see that everything I was making into such a big deal, there were some pretty simple. There were actually some very simple ways to resolve everything. Once mm-hmm. I could, 
once I had somebody kind of walk alongside me and help me focus. Mm-hmm. That's, that's yep. great. Do we have others? Other anybody? Other questions or thoughts? Just start talking. Just start talking. Apparently, that's how we do it. Yeah, it's it's like as soon as I unmute everybody, you know, you can just basically join in and 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 we actually are. Um, I've also activated the chat por- portion oh, of okay. this technology. Um, now, I'm not quite sure whether I did it right, but I, I one can actually type in there as well um, and um, leave comments. Um, so, uh, again, I I hope that I've, I've done it. <laughs> I've done it right. Great. I'm still experimenting with chat, but I think we will get more sophisticated as we go along. Um, I... Um, while people are thinking about what what else to say and comment, um, I wanted to um, um, ask you something about this whole notion of how dramatic we can be ah. when we're in chaos. So this whole oh, yeah. thing about drama, you know, creating it oh, for ourselves, goodness. being in it. Um, I, I know nothing about that. <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> Uh, you know, we even label people as drama queens and kings. And uh, so, it, it, you know, it sort of feels similar to me. Yeah, tell, say, say more. I'd, I'd love to hear, even though you know you're asking me, what do I think? I'm, I'm, I'm curious what you think. Well, it's a, it's it's sort of for me energetically is is very similar. It feels like you know when I'm in my drama, I mean it's it just begins to be such a big story, and I get lost in it, and I love talking about it, and it's like it it gets bigger and bigger and bigger oh, and yeah. bigger, and I yeah. don't know. I, I lose my sense of what is truth and what is what is drama, quite literally. Well, you know, one of the things that's really interesting about that is that the brain, um, the brain is, is it's funny and it's, it's kind of, some of this stuff is sort of magical. So if I am, um, I remember the other day I was telling you a story about someone who had, who had upset me, and as I was telling it, I could feel the chemicals flowing through my body. I could tell that there, that, that the, I was having the same reaction as I had had when it happened. And mm-hmm. I could tell in my body because I went from being calm and enjoying being with you, and I was like, oh, well, you're not going to believe this. How's that for Whenever anybody says that, you know, they're about to go into some kind of drama story. Well, you're not going to believe this. And then I started telling you the story, and I could feel my stump, like the butterflies in my stomach, Mm-hmm. And I could kind of feel this irritability. I can. I've gotten to the point now. After I, I like to watch. I like to f- picture myself as the you know the, those anatomy invisible men where you can and women where you can look inside and see all of the veins and stuff like that and organs. Because <laughs> I feel like I can sort of do that now. Where oh that's oh I'm upset. And I said oh my gosh I have to stop talking about this. Because yes. when I talk about it, I relive it. And the brain cannot think about an emotion without reenacting it. Mm-hmm. So the drama and the, you know, the people that, are, that love to tell their, their story, and I'm raising my own hand, thank you, very high right now. You know, my little story about who did what or what happened, you know, that, it just puts us back in the experience. So the question is, huh, do you want to be back in that experience or not? 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chemically, you're going through it again. Yeah, and, and of course that also works uh, on the on the flip side. I mean, the brain also, you know, when we dream, when we intend, when we imagine, yeah. the brain also doesn't know whether it's real or just imagined. So it that also works on on that end of the spectrum. Or you know, you imagine um, being, you know, you remember being loved. You you know, you, we say yes. that people we mm-hmm. carry with us. You know, I think about my grandmother. And I remember, you know, when I think about my grandmother, I remember how she would laugh and hold me, and I remember how she just loved me unconditionally. So, you know, the the people that have passed on, they they live with us in this moment because in the moment of me remembering my grandma, she's she's with me in terms of how my body is reacting. Mhm. Mm, that's really that's cool. cool. Yes, it call is. That, call that back in any time, that love yep. and that connection. Yep. No, that's that's wonderful. Right. Well, um, I any is there anything else? Any anyone else comments, stories, questions? And if not, I think we can look towards our next. Um, show which um, will be September 18th so for now we are going monthly but uh, in the fall we're actually uh, most likely going to switch to weekly Tuesdays Uh, not quite sure yet when but uh, we will let everybody know when that's uh, when that's the case so one Um, show in September September 18th and then we might go to weekly, but we'll we'll let everybody know when that when that will take place. So, what should we uh, what should we talk about on the 18th? Well, you know, I I think um, the oh God, I was just thinking about that as he was saying. You know, we we reenact uh, we reenact the 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 drama story. I was thinking about um, building our neural pathways. Oh, so we talk about neuroplasticity and how neuroplasticity. we create. Yeah, yep. oh, that sounds mm-hmm. great. We'll talk about neuro- neuroplasticity. And then just to let everybody know, if you don't already, we are teaching a wonderful series for people with coaching experience. You don't need to be a certified coach. You just need to have some coach training because it's not taught at the beginning level, so you need to have some experience with that. And we have, uh, it's a four-module series, very, just wonderfully in-depth. And we look at these kind of the um, questions around neuroscience and consciousness, and we look at them in terms of what can you as a coach and as um, as someone who works in human consciousness, how do you take these topics and and really use them to serve your clients more effectively? Um, The other thing that is just really surfacing as we're doing this work is that this being able to understand the neuroscience, it's such a great doorway in. It's it's a doorway into consciousness. So people will come to you because you understand neuroscience and then stay because you're helping them become, you know, bigger and greater and more fulfilled in their lives. So it's a really powerful thing to add to your toolbox. Our next um, session of Module 1 is in California near San Francisco, and that's the 14th, 15th, and 16th of September on our website. 
We also have a combined Module 1 and Module 2 intensive residential in um, Philadelphia, the middle, in, near Philadelphia, Whitehaven, Pennsylvania, and that's the middle of November. And mm -hmm. we'll be doing one and two together, and then in the spring we'll be doing three and four together. So if you want to kind of have more of an intensive exper experience, come to that. Um, but we'd love to have you. You can register on our website. There's still space available um, in both of those. Yes. Um, the other thing that uh, I also want to give everybody a heads up, um, it's not on the website yet, but will be in the next uh, couple of weeks, um, most likely before our next uh, radio show on September 18th, is that there will be an e-book available. Um, really looking at um, neuroscience, coaching, and consciousness, really a deep look at you know what happens in the brain um and um really want to acknowledge my wonderful partner and here for uh being uh, such an amazing writer and uh putting all those facts and um examples together it's it's really well done and i think people will really enjoy it i've oh. sent some previews to some people and have heard nothing but amazing things about it. So the pre the ebook will be available on the website. It's not there yet because we are trying to make it prettier than it is right now. <laughs> yes. Great. So, well, thank you all. Thank you all for joining us today. Have a great day flowing in the river between chaos and rigidity. And um, if you want to know more, contact us through our website. Theaboveleadership.com. Yes. Thanks, Ursula. Yes. Great talking Thank to you, you today. Thank you, my dear. Yep. Thank you very much. Have a good week, and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.